Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning, I'm Lily Jamali. We begin in Los Angeles, where this weekend, the mass COVID-19 vaccination site at Dodger Stadium was shut down for about an hour because of a demonstration held by anti-vaxxers. The LA Times reports the fire department closed the entrance to the stadium on Saturday afternoon as about 50 protesters gathered there. One of them live streamed the event. The video shows protesters shouting false claims that the coronavirus isn't real as people lined up in their cars waiting to get the vaccine. More than 40,000 people have died from COVID-19 in California alone since the pandemic began last year. Staying in L.A., the number of new coronavirus cases is falling, but hospitals there remain full of patients. That's partially due to a lack of oxygen. KPCC's Jackie Fortier reports. COVID-19 patients who recover enough to go home from the hospital often need supplemental oxygen. Their lungs are very damaged from the disease, and without it, they can't breathe. But with so many COVID patients, oxygen companies are having a hard time keeping up. Kevin Metcalf is the CEO at Memorial Hospital of Gardena. If I have five patients that could go home on oxygen... I'm finding I can't get them out of the hospital because we can't find home oxygen companies that have access to oxygen. The State Office of Emergency Management says people who have recovered must return their home oxygen kits and canisters to help free up hospital beds. L.A. hospitals are still well over normal capacity, and ICU beds remain extremely limited. For the California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles. Let's go to the Central Valley now. That's where another worker at Foster Farms plant in Fresno has died from COVID-19. That's according to the state's Workplace Safety Agency. And KQED Central Valley reporter Alex Hall has that story. Now at least four employees have died in connection to the company's plant in South Fresno, where an outbreak in December infected at least 193 workers and prompted a county health department investigation. In nearby Merced County, a judge is ordering the company to continue following COVID safety protocols at its Livingston plant, where an outbreak last year resulted in nine deaths. 
The United Farm Workers Union and two employees sued Foster Farms in December. They're arguing the company failed to enforce social distancing, provide masks to workers, or inform them of safety protocols and sick leave benefits. Foster Farms says its appeal in the case will prove it's in full compliance with workplace safety rules. For the California Report, I'm Alex Hall in Fresno. Turning to higher ed, new data shows the University of California has gotten a record number of applications for this coming fall. What's more, there's a remarkable search in underrepresented groups looking for a spot. While applications increased about 16 percent overall, 22 percent more black potential freshmen applied. The surge was even bigger for black and Latino applicants to the UC's most selective campuses, Berkeley and UCLA. LA Times reporter Teresa Watanabe has been reporting on this. She joins me now. And Teresa, what do we know about why there was such a spike in applications this year? The number one reason people cite is that the UC dropped requirements for an SAT or ACT test score this year. And last year, the UC regents voted to phase out the tests, but they did give campuses the choice to go test optional this year. However, UC ended up being barred from considering test scores at all this year under a court order involving litigation on behalf of students with disabilities. So everyone says the standardized testing prohibition was the probably the biggest reason, but definitely the pandemic had some effect. Some students that I interviewed said they did apply to UC this year. Because of the pandemic, they were stuck at home all day, so they had time to get their applications out. Oh, wow. Yeah, they were not out doing community service or playing basketball or club activities. They were just home. And when I talked to some of the admissions officers, they did say that when they opened the admission window on November 1st of last year, they were shocked at how many applications flooded in that first week, way more than usual. So so you have this record number of underrepresented students applying. Now, of course, it's up to the UC to decide whether to admit them into a system that I think we can say, you know, frankly, has never fully reflected the diversity of the state of California. Does that seem likely to change this year? You know, it of course always remains to be seen, but I will tell you that there is such a focus right now on not only getting diverse students to apply, but admitting them and then, of course, enrolling them and then after that, graduating them. And in particular, I should say that LA and Berkeley have poured so many resources into this, um, but really all of the campuses. And it's a huge priority for the UC Board of Regents, and it's also a priority for the UC president. And so they're just rolling out all kinds of programs to try and get the word out, to get more diverse students to uh, apply. And now that they're taking away the SAT, they're hopefully going to have even more diverse students admitted. Yeah. And you mentioned the new UC president who um, took the helm this year, who is himself African-American, it bears mentioning. Um, We've spent most of this conversation talking about the UC, but you've also been looking at the Cal State University system. What are applications looking like there? The California State University system is seeing a very different year. The last time we looked, which was a month or two ago, their applications were down by 5%. But again, what's really interesting is that 
of the 23 campuses in the Cal State system, the ones that serve the most low-income first-gen students are down the most. So Cal State Dominguez Hills, for instance, a very, very large percentage of their students are low-income and first-generation. And uh, they were down by 17% this year. Whereas Cal Poly San Leo Obispo, which is sort of the flagship of the system and tends to attract better resource students, their applications were up by 4%. So the schools that have a higher percentage of low-income first-gen students may not be seeing as many of the gains as you're seeing at some of the more the larger universities, the more, quote, selective universities. All right. Teresa Watanabe, thank you so much. And let's have you back when we get some of these admissions numbers in. Absolutely. That was LA Times reporter Teresa Watanabe, who covers education. And that is the California Report for this Monday, February 1st. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Lily Jamali. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Hint. Water with a touch of true fruit flavor. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, working to advance the frontiers of ocean research, sharing the connection between life on land and life at sea with everyone everywhere. And Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there. I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.